I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, it's Malls. Reminder before the show to make sure that you are subscribed in Apple Podcasts. And if you're new, welcome to Please Advise Nation. Our show only works with your participation, so call 323-450-7408 with your dilemmas and life questions. Again, that's 323-450-7408 or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thank you and enjoy. Hey everyone, it's Malls. It's episode 195 of Please Advise. I have probably the most special guest we've ever had on this show, Aww. Ryan Kage. Hi. Hey, Malls. So Ryan and I were, I mean, I guess you would call us writing partners for all intents and purposes at yeah, BC. Yeah, that's what I, how I refer to you. We wrote sketch comedy together in a group called Hello Shovelhead, which the listeners of this podcast probably think is like a figment of my imagination or a cult or <laughs> right right it, well it sounds like it's like that delusional person that talks about anything for too long after it's happened like at a certain point you're like maybe they were great maybe this group never happened so i'm excited you're here <laughs> as proof we've had cameron esposito on who was sort of like a shovelhead adjacent yeah she yeah. kind of confirmed we existed but you're here you were two years younger than me in the group and we bonded 
pretty much right away. Instantly. Yeah. I, re- I remember the first night. I remember the night that I got in. Yeah. Uh, because we did this thing where it was, you would, uh, we would abduct people when right. they got in and show up at their place. <laughs> right. And I lived on Newton, the other camp, the satellite campus. So yeah. I was hanging out waiting uh, at my friend's dorm to hear if I got in and I had gone out to smoke a cigarette and then all of you, I'm standing there smoking and somebody tackled me from behind, which was <laughs> upsetting and exciting. And then it was all you guys and told me I got in and then we were running to the next person and you grabbed me and said, hey, I'm Malls. Do you smoke pot? <laughs> and I was like, yes. And you said, perfect. We'll be friends. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if you can tell by that anecdote that I had just started smoking pot probably the <laughs> year before that. So I was very excited to have a friend in the group. Um, but yeah, no, I just connected with you, man. And like, I think every senior or like upperclassman always had their person that they were vying for. And I was like, Ryan's like, that's my flave right there. Like we were on the <laughs> same wavelength and um it was so great to be back in boston and i'm also glad you're here to talk about this and christina's not because i feel like this would be like i don't know like i don't know how i don't know how she would get this out of me it was the best experience like crazy for the 30th reunion of hello shovelhead i've mentioned on the pod that this happened but i haven't really gone into it it was surreal yeah to go back to be back in that space, to be back with those people and mm-hmm. to just kind of be around so many people who were celebrating what we did. And yeah. I, it was it was heavy. Yeah. And it was crazy that Moogies is still there. I don't know for some reason in the back of my head, it was a concern that it wasn't there anymore. And then to find out that this breakfast place we all used to go to in college is not only still there, but thriving and has a bar now. Yeah. Um, it, it was a really, really wonderful feeling. There was this fear of like, where do people even get sandwiches these yeah. days? I was scrambling a little bit. They have that Chipotle there that poisoned all the students. Yeah. And there's that uh, karate place across the street. Glad to see they're still doing their thing. Yeah, they've got that. And swords something. <laughs> this is typical um, neighborhood fiction. can we talk about my amazing prank because like no one else has been able to i mean no one else has asked me about it <laughs> i find that difficult to believe I can't. <laughs> so i decided to pull a pretty major prank on um one of my classmates kevin alaka he was like the you know sort of like the more serious dad and i was like the fun auntie of the group and part of that involved just me teasing kevin all the time mercilessly and at some point like we decided that heaven by los only boys was his favorite song and so the night before (laughs) kevin and everyone we all got together ryan came to town we're sitting at Shane's Airbnb, which if you guys listen to the podcast, I think we have talked about Shane. Um, We're staying at Shane's Airbnb and I was like, what if we call Cityside, the bar where we're having our pre-party at, and get them to play Heaven by Los Only Boys 20 times on repeat while we're at... We'll settle for a half dozen, but obviously shooting for 20. So Wags is just like really just digging into his butt and feet right now on the couch. If you guys are hearing that, so he's older. It's ha- it's it's what happens. So um, we wind up kind of pulling it off. Uh, they allow us to do it, um, but I flopped and played it on the first floor, 
And then I put in like 20 plays of it, by the way. But I didn't realize that the there was like an upstairs, downstairs jukebox situation. So then I got Ryan to play it a few times upstairs. Kevin thought it was a fluke. Well, first, let's cover the fact that we put in $20 worth of Heaven by Los Lonely Boys on the wrong floor and then left. So we just kind of <laughs> crop dusted those people in the main bar. We didn't even really process the, what we had done to all those poor people who were... Well, because we called ahead and the manager, Paul, let us know that it was going to be okay. Shout out, Paul. Paul like, was so chill. Yeah, he like laughed as soon as I told him. And this whole like weekend, I think, was also under the slight mentality that we were still kids. Like I felt like we were still... Like when I called Cityside, I was afraid they were like going to yell at me and like take away my Eagle Bucks. Like I yes. <laughs> really thought like the dean was going to get a call that I was trying to do some pranks. So I call and I'm like, hey, would this be possible? And he laughs and I'm like, my God, we're a hit in Brighton now. Like whatever it is, re- the reality is we're fucking old. That's that's why we're a hit is because we're not 20 years old. But um, they were great. Then like we come upstairs they play like we get it once on the jukebox kevin thinks it's a fluke then i come up to him i'm like dude they've been playing heaven by los lonely boys for an hour downstairs (laughs) and kevin starts dying laughing and it's like this whole bit about how i tried and i was foiled then i go to caitlin fitz and i was like caitlin she's like sort of the social chair of the group i would say right like she kind of keeps everyone together she's She's such an anchor point i feel like you always need exactly somebody who does that she was after i graduated but even i know to look to her to like be the point person so i'm like caitlin can you text the seniors and see if they can play heaven by los only boys between one of the sketches and they were like consider it done so i'm waiting during the show frothing i'm frothing (laughs) in the second row just mm, ready i'm like a wolf ready like got my fork and knife oh my god it's coming we're so excited um finally heaven by los only boys um kicks in and kevin alaka leaves to use the restroom completely unintentionally and at this point i'm like blaming other people i'm like tom narked i'm like going oh my god yeah just off the rails off the I was off the rails and so then Kevin comes back and he hears the tail end of it and laughs and then the joke you know ultimately became what it always was was just a joke on me Um, (laughs) that's deep that's really no matter how many times I tried I could not prank Kevin Alaka I mean it's a real Tom and Jerry story if you know what I mean absolutely who am I I'm Jerry which one is which Jerry's the mouse. Jerry's the mouse. Maybe I'm the cat. I don't know. I don't know. Everybody don't... wants to be Jerry. Let's yeah, be real. But... Let's be. It, it is like being the JVN, which is something you and I discussed. Yes. Okay. So you love Queer Eye. Your lovely wife is here and yes. she's gotten in, you into a buffet of television. I'm so excited about such as RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. And you also have dipped into Queer Eye. Oh my God. Love it. So I told it's the you the show we need right now. It is the show we need right now. Yeah. It literally is the antidote to everything that's going on. It's like I I cry. I cry. Um, I cry it a lot though. Like I will pull up soldiers coming home videos while I'm taking like a shower just to kind of yeah. get the day going. I, f- I, f- I do feel like you get a good daily cry in. I love but it. But I, I 
I'll I'll shed a tear or two watching Queer Eye for sure. That first episode, it's really emotional. Oh my god, the, the margarita guy. Yeah, that was when I was like, yeah, I I let a couple go and I was like, this is Tom. Yeah, Tom, yeah, this Tom is, is Amer- amazing. He Tom is America. Uh, it was what I was gonna say. He's also <laughs> amazing. Um, did I tell you that I'm trying to uh, set up Christina and Neil? No, Christina, who produces this yeah. podcast, and Neil, the shut-in from season two, the Indian guy. Okay. So Christina and Neil are the same person. Um, I think I should probably date Neil, but Neil's friend is a friend of the pod. And so we're you trying- do have access to Yes, Neil. you think I haven't been trying to secretly, <laughs> in front of Christina's face, telling her the whole time, finesse this? Chris- Christina's not on board, but she could be. Okay. Neil's friend is on board. Neil may or may not know, but I think if my my we've prank, got some people on the ancillary. <laughs> if my that prank planning this. up until this point has shown anything, I'm probably marrying Neil. Um, but, <laughs> the ultimate prank. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> no, but they are the same person, and um, I told you my theory in a Uniqlo in Chestnut Hill that. If it's like, you know, anyone watches Sex in the City, everyone thinks they're the Carrie, right? That's yes. okay because Carrie's sort of an every woman. But if you're watching Queer Eye and you pick who you are and you think you are a JVN, you're a psycho. Yeah, that's... No one... It's like it's like either you are a JVN and you don't have to say it or you, you are and you, and you don't say it because you, you know, like you don't want to brag. Or you're like George from shovelhead and you just are that see yeah we we know one we, we know are one. blessed to yeah. know one and yeah it's just it just kind of is and sits there but anybody who professes to be i am no they're they're basically you're a terrible person i think we're all bobby co-op that on a best day we're all bobby i mean bobby's the everyman it's and then you get maybe like a little i feel like bobby's also rising or Bo- a karamo rising bobby's kind of a blank slate because he doesn't say much he doesn't so say you, much. we can all project ourselves onto bobby but he also does everything like that's, that's true that's the other trope of the show that i kind of love which is that like you know these guys are moving mountains but in reality it's bobby who's at home, like, taking the wainscoting off of Tom's old walls. Like, That's you true. You know, like, he's the one. He goes missing for half of every episode while he actually right. takes some house down to the studs. Which is I'm why, impressed. like, in the religious episode of season one, where he wouldn't go into the church. Yes. Like, that seemed so dramatic. But in reality, he's gone for half the show, no matter where they are. <laughs> it was like, oh, wow, Bobby won't go to the church. It's like, Bobby doesn't go- get to go to most places. He's yeah. being Bobby. Yeah. Bobby's up to his elbows in something. Actual work. So, Ryan, if you had to give your your flavor profile to the audience, and by that I mean a brief description of yourself. If you were to tell the audience a little bit about like, hey, I'm Ryan. I'm fucking 30 years old and I, what do you, you sell real estate? Do you, do you think that I'm 30? I don't know. I'm, th- I'm throwing facts out. I didn't want to like. I'm about to be 33, mm-hmm. which is. It is. I don't know what that what that it's really great. means, but uh, don't you feel thirty is good? Like thirties are good. Thirty is much more my speed than twenty. <laughs> I used to think that I was so twenty, but I don't know. We have uh, my lovely wife and I have settled into like a suburban existence of like I just want to be old. It's yeah, awesome. I still have whiplash from my twenties. Yeah. Relate. Yeah. Real talk. I wasn't good at it either. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no. being, like going out and like having a great time. Like 
yeah i kind of sucked at that yeah yeah so i'm i'm much better at like having a house in the suburbs and a dog and, and a garden and like getting to bed at a reasonable hour here's a fun new segment we could do for garden heads what are you growing Hey, Ryan, what are you growing this week? Hey, so the garden just went in <laughs> about two weeks ago, and yeah. we've got some fun new things this year. I mean, we're doing, we, I live in New Jersey, so tomatoes, obviously. Right. Like, no fewer than a half dozen I love varietals. an heirloom. I love, I, can I tell you, when I got this place, first thing I did, went out, bought as many varietals as possible. It's of nice. Tomates. Yeah, it's so nice. I have a bunch of heirlooms behind you right now. Oh my god! I enjoy I miss them. That. That's, yeah, they're well, just tiny ones from Trader Joe's. So you've got your varietals, okay? Yeah. So we've got some tomatoes. We're doing kale, a couple squashes. The wild card this year, we're doing some watermelon. Ooh. We're giving that a try. Okay. Who knows if it's going to work? We're yeah. just going to see. Are they going to be round? That's a that's a very good question. Yeah, there. My friend uh, Kelly was saying something about this the other day that like. You know, all watermelons look like they did in movies in the 80s for a really long time, which is like long, oblong. The, like a giant jelly bean. Yeah. And now they're all round as hell. You can't find like a tubular one. Yeah. No, that's true. What and what's up the, with that? What's the world coming to? Well, I know it's like, you know, I had a five pointed strawberry the other day. I know we're getting poisoned all the time by the government. Is but it like climate change? Is it pesticides? Is I think it... it's GMO. Like they're like, how can we get these watermelons like, you know, more attainable for the average citizen who doesn't have to like, you know, you have to take a shelf out when you put an old school watermelon in. I feel like we've been fucking with watermelons for a long time though. Like when they went seedless. Yeah. I mean Seinfeld he used to do a bit about that. That's, you know, we've been altering the watermelons for a minute yeah you seen those square ones from japan yeah i kind of wanted to make one but i feel like you know i don't know i just don't even really like watermelon enough to gen genetically modify one you know well that i just think is wrong and i'm gonna disagree with you <laughs> you don't think i, li you <laughs> think I don't like watermelon <laughs> yeah i kind of don't i'm not a big melon head although i did have one recently it was like a hybrid cantaloupe and i kind of loved that have you heard of uh, opal apples? They're right behind you, a yellow one. I'll give you guys one on the way out. They're like tart. They're really delicious and um, native oh gosh, to this that's area. So sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have apple picking in Jersey? Um, totally. We I mean, love apple picking. I'm please advise. I do. I, I do know that about you. That you went and enjoyed it. That was like your favorite day of the year. Do right? you get good? Yeah, my favorite. Do you get good Macintoshes? Yeah, we definitely Macintosh. Are you going to drop Macowan on me? Do I was going to start dropping apple varietals, but apparently I have none to Macauan pull out of my pocket. Macowan is the so best. That's I, learned about I think myself. it is a Jersey-based apple, and it's the fucking tartest motherfucker. It's so crisp. It's so white on the inside. It's just so mm. delicious. You got to get a Macowan. Like a nice sour bitch. It's yeah. so good. I want a Macowan right now, guys. Okay. <laughs> Do you guys think Calling apples are podcast. my? Do you guys think that <laughs> apples are my favorite fruit? Even, do you know how skewed Please Advice Nation is about my fruit taste? They probably would all vote apple in a poll, but guess what, guys? It's not. It's a secret. It's I, nectarines. Nectarines. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite fruit. <laughs> what about you? What's my favorite? I feel like I do love a peach. Yeah, I love a peach because you know versatile. 
I wonder if there's niacin in that. Uh, Feels like I'm maybe. I crave niacin. I always am like looking it up in reverse. I'm like, what's the heavy vegetable <laughs> in this or the heavy nutrient in this? Niacin comes up a lot. Maybe I'll Google that. Um, okay, so we're gonna play a game that our audience probably does not remember or not know if they're new listeners. This could be fun then. But die hard, please advise nation heads, Maul's Army. You guys know this game. It's a little game called Do You Fear That? Thanks, Christina. That was great. <laughs> Thanks. Good job. Okay. So this is a list of fears that I compiled probably about three years ago when my priorities and fears in life were completely different. I was living in an apartment even two apartments ago. Maybe I created this. This list. is an original malls list. It's fears. a full malls list of fears. Um, and it starts out with one that's very specific to me. Um, basically, the name of this game is I'm going to ask you if you fear something and you can say yes, no, or yes or no and elaborate. Okay. Okay. Um, number one, being naked in front of someone who's angry with you. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's more vulnerable than that? I got a spray tan once from a lady who was furious with me. And <laughs> <laughs> she had just yelled at me. And then I was like, well, I paid for this. But she had all the power over you. Right. I feel like that was, yeah. And I was like, and I was like, I have to get fully naked in front of this chick. Like, I don't, I'm not comfortable, but. Yeah, I feared it. Um, two, deep space. No. Bring Three, it on. Fire. No. Food in countries you've never been to. A- absolutely not. That's like my favorite thing. See, when I made this list, it was not my favorite thing. And now, come on now. I have nightmares about getting a free ticket to Japan and missing it because I was packing luggage too long. Like, I literally would do anything to get That's my ass out of America. so specific, but so real. Yeah. I feel that. Because I'm like, I get to go In my back. heart, I felt that right now. As you said it, oh my God, malls. Yeah. I'm sorry we had to go there. Yeah. Okay. Um, Moving on. Okay. Um, the dark. No. Unexpectedly seeing a naked adult. Uh, a lot of nudity here. No. Um, Boobs are awesome. I'm so afraid of like encountering a naked adult. Well, there's certainly circumstances under which it would not be ideal, but. Okay. Clowns. No. Sleeping alone. No. Getting caught talking to yourself in the car. No, I know my truth. Germs. Yeah, they're the worst. You're afraid of germs. Not in like a Howie Mandel way. I, I'm sorry, Howie. I didn't mean to get all personal wow, on somebody I've ever met. But like, <laughs> but like, yeah. I mean, germs can they can kill you? The bad ones. Yeah, the I'm not bird afraid flu of them. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. If like if we had to wear masks, then it would feel real to me. Yeah. But I don't walk like I don't even. Really it doesn't use hand rule sanitizer. my da- daily life. But I'd be a fool to think that I'm not vulnerable. Okay, if you rode the New York City subway all day, holding the poles, just riding, been there, putting money in and out, and then you got off at the last stop of the day, and there was a man there, and he said, "Ryan, I will give you one thousand dollars to lick your palm." Just one clean, full lick of your palm. Would you take that thousand dollars? 
Absolutely. So you're not that afraid of germs, or you have a price. <laughs> yeah, and it's surprising that it's a lot less than that. But a thousand dollars, I'm I'm spending that money in my head right now. What's I could the have least some fun. amount of money you would do that for? Well, I don't. That's just bad negotiating to put that out there right now in case this right. guy's listening. Well, it's discuss. He's probably quote. a fan. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay, saying a new word out loud for the first time. Oh hell yeah! Okay, yeah. Um, the idea that you might be the only person in your friend group who doesn't understand the movie you just saw. Yeah. Okay. See, now we're getting into the real stuff. Why did you <laughs> your fuck wife around is with laughing germs? about that? Well, we have to. You know what, Ryan? We step it in and we step it out. Have you had a movie where you've had that happen? Oh, probably. I Can like I it, say something? Yeah. Sorry to bother you. I think it went above your head. Oh, whoa. This just. <laughs> Sorry to make it <laughs> tense, a smooth uh, 17 minutes in, but 20. <laughs> what was the doc that we were watching? Stevie. Stevie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll admit that definitely went over my head, but I think that everybody needs at least two or three views to Stevie totally unpack that. Stevie is really that. good. <sighs> um, but you didn't love Sorry to Bother You. Which I loved, but I'm also like, I'll love, I'm desperate to love anything. I hate so much. That, like, <laughs> you know what? That That's very honest of you. I get, <laughs> I feel like I'm in, I'm that way too. I get yeah. it from my father. He's such, my father is such an earnest lover of all things. Yeah. Like just, and I, I, I want that. Yeah. I, I'm too cynical and jaded, 30 to feel that way, but I just want to love anything the way that man loves you know, a good piece of toast. <laughs> when I left, uh, I realized like I really loved my stepdad when we all went to see Hitch as a family for the first time at the Cleveland Circle Cinema. Okay. And Greg loved Hitch. Like <laughs> he loved Hitch. And my little sister loved Hitch. And Greg had like, I realized for the first time that he has a habit of being like, what's going to happen? Like, what do you think he's doing? I feel like, like Greg is that... See, he's, he certainly doesn't love everything, but I feel like he was that he would have like a surprising every once in a while. He'd be like, oh, my God, you're really into that. That's OK. Yeah. Yeah. Surprise, yeah. But yeah. Cool. Yeah. Fun. He's like, I think mo like people who blockbuster movies were made for can really do something for me. You know, Hitch actually has a special place in my heart because they filmed part of that in the building I used to live in in Tribeca. Oh, really? Yeah. So like every exterior shot, I'm like, oh, was yeah. that the apartment we stayed in? Yeah. Okay. We'll have to tell everyone about this because like we were so young. I didn't even realize how crazy it was and like couldn't appreciate it yet. And then yeah, I remember us all being like, this is going to be crazy someday. <laughs> but like we didn't even realize. Because like, you're the, that young, naive 20. Like, well, maybe this will just be my life in five years. And right. then when you live a decade and you still haven't come close to that, you're like, okay, now I really yeah. appreciate how There's nuts like, it was to have an entire floor of this apartment building and you know it was it was like the apartment from big right it was it but like way better it was we, even better we were you know, we could rollerblade around we every every single person there i remember this is like my most crazy memory of the whole thing is i was like every single person here has their own bedroom and their own bathroom. I think there were 13 bathrooms. Yeah, there was, was like, ridiculous. there was eight of us. It was like crazy. It was, and there was no furniture yet, but like you could just, it was fucking, it was a fat pad. Like that's where like tech millionaires live. Like it for was, sure. Like you walk, you could go to Costco and buy the big thing of toilet paper and like only have enough to put like one or two rolls in each bathroom. It was so nice. That's the defining. It was so nice. 
I think that that was what you would put in the, the listing. And that's why in Bubby's was right around the corner yes. from there. And that's why like I, ha- I think every other time I go to New York, I go to Bubby's. By the way, I'm going in September. All right. The 10th through the 3rd. Uh, no, the 9th through the. God, I don't know. I know that I leave September 10th, which I was like, oh, that's not great. Um, okay. Um, first dates. Yes. You feared first dates. Yeah, absolutely. I think I feel like we've talked about this all the time, my wife, and I'm so glad that I'll never have to do that again. I feel it's like awkward. that's yeah. On your wedding day, that's a huge relief. You get no more first dates. Yeah, yeah. I like am at that place where they're just like a game to me. Like I just don't like I don't date right now. But when I have been, I'm like, eh, I'll try anything once, and then like usually never talk to them again. Okay. This is great. Finding out that you've been suffering from a severe mental illness your entire life. <laughs> I mean, no, because been there, but yeah. I would That's be good. so relieved if someone was like, here's what's wrong with you. I think that that, yeah, no, that's the ultimate relief. And yeah. it takes some, and then you get to say, okay, well, now I know what to work on. Because I feel like it's always preceded by some kind of like wandering, grasping, grabbing, like what's wrong with me? Yeah, I feel that. Um, 16, watching mold grow on nature shows. Oh my God, yes. So gross, right? Mold is, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on. A lot of people (laughs) don't like that or a lot of people don't see what's wrong with that. And I'm like, it's the worst one. What you'll see when you look in the mirror. No. Nice. Um, I'm hot. I'm nice. I'm hot. <laughs> Lena Dunham's success. No, good for her. Okay, dancing in public. No, singing in public. Uh, starting to. It depends on who's who's there. Okay, so you used to love to sing in public. No, I mean, like how public? Like a bunch of strangers, or like a bunch of people, some of whom I know. Um, I don't know, like just at all, like karaoke is so whack to me. And I think that that's what sort of like, what's your go-to karaoke song? There is my go-to karaoke song is getting in the car. Like, I don't, don't, I don't enjoy it. If I'm like, really like, basically my rule is, is like when I start to be like, yeah, give me the mic. Like that's when someone needs to tell me to go home because like, that's when I'm too drunk. Like I don't ever want to do that sober. It's not my get. It's like not my gig. It's not my deal. I okay. suck at it. I'm tone deaf. You know I'm tone deaf. Um, I mean I am too, but I try Macy Gray every time. Really? Yeah. It's. I think that would sound interesting from yeah. a man's voice. I think it takes a lot of the pressure off because you know. Right. What could, it's, what could I'm be not going to do it well. So. <laughs> okay. Missing out on events or parties. Yes. Having to go to events or parties. Yes. Mm-hmm. Isn't that I, isn't an interesting? That, we just got deep mm-hmm. real quick. But I also feel like that's everyone. That if it's not you, you're lying. No, there's a, a lot of you. Honestly, you would be surprised, man. There's some people that are just so pleasantly extroverted. It doesn't even stuff. occur to them. Well, I mean... Good for you, I guess. Right? Um, that you're a fraud. Yeah. That's everyone. Everyone, I think, feels that. Not to make you feel. Not yeah, no, me. that's. Um, 
<laughs> well, all right. Um, <laughs> that no one would ever romantically love you if your face got burned off with acid. Obviously. Yeah. Well, your wife's here. Would you still love him if his face... You say that now. Okay, as long as he keeps the booty. Well, what if his booty got burned off with acid? No, just the ass. If I sat okay. in acid. that's. <laughs> I just Shit. have to... Yeah, if I get face blasted with acid, I can't then sit down. Let me just text my assistant to cancel the afternoon plan. Um, mispronouncing someone's name every time you see them and never being corrected. Yes. Oh, my God. That's yes. One of the biggest fears. I like would just rather not talk. Like I would prefer to just not talk. Like I, if I had to choose between not talking <laughs> and getting someone's name wrong, I'd just choose to be a mute. Yeah. I I feel like if I've gotten your name wrong like five times, then just you can shoot me in the face. My threshold for embarrassment is very low. Yeah. Um, spending a week in Times Square. Yeah. Um, who would do that? Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, I used to work there. It's yeah. Well, like, I feel like once it's nighttime, you could fuck with it. Because, like. I guess. It's a little, like, it's a little bit cleared out. Like, you can at least, you can dodge around the tourists. And, yeah. And stuff like that. You know, there's still everybody. Do you want to see it? Do you, do you want to see a comedy show? Right. <laughs> I feel like there's, though, like. A rub to all of these questions that I look at now in retrospect, not having done this in over a year, where I'm like, if you offered someone money to do pretty much any of these, they would do them. Sure. They're not life or death fears. Like if someone said to me, you'd get a thousand bucks if you spent a week in Times Square, I'd make it work. Yeah. You know, I don't know why a thousand is the number I keep landing on today, but it seems like a nice amount of money. Yeah. Get a nice weekend vacation out of that. Um, contracting an STI. Sure. Uh, blindly reaching into a bag of jelly beans and putting one in your mouth without looking at it. No, that's just my kind of danger. You like that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Going through TSA. No. Oh my god! I at hate the it. end, yeah, I don't. They're all kind of fun. You know what? I feel like I like TSA <laughs> it's a wild people. Ride. Yeah. yeah. Well, you also have the like the. Thing going for you where like you're sober like you're not gonna have like my <laughs> fear is like oh my well listen this was always my fear is that I'm gonna have heroin planted on me and I guess you could always say listen man I'm sober as fuck cut my hair piss test me this is not my heroin whereas me they'd be like you smoked weed last month like you're fucking going to jail bitch and then you know that's what happens to me I yeah, see this. You have a con- you have, a, you have a confidence me. I don't have going into these things. I'm like, maybe I did do something wrong. I don't know. Oh no. Um, that's Catholic though. You um, you're Jewish now. Can we tell people that? Yeah. Well, I don't mean Jewish now. You've always been Jewish <laughs> in your heart. But Ryan was born and raised Catholic, and then at BC, I thought you it was a phase, man. I thought like, <laughs> let's be real. It started as what was probably like an insensitive joke. That oh, became like, did it? Well, not really. <laughs> oh my god, no! Because like you would always have your yarmulke, and you would be like, "No, like I always, I'm from Town of Blind, New Jersey. This is what my classmates always were. This is what I'm here for." I grew up around a lot of Judaism, and yeah. to be real, it started as kind of like a jealous FOMO kind of, yeah. Like I, you know, 
why not me too? You were afraid of going to the party and afraid of missing out on the party. Yes. I feel you. And then I go, and then I decided to go to BC, Mm -hmm. which is a Jesuit (laughs) like East coast yuppie school. And like for, uh, it started as a joke in that everyone I met was like, I was the most Jewish person that anyone had met there. Oh, oh, for sure. Like, I mean, you were could have been if you wanted president of Hillel. Yeah, probably. Like, <laughs> by the way, everything at BC that was like, and I don't mean this for current BC because like they, BC, they're fucking woke there now. Like I was at a party and I was like, I don't like the way that guy looked at me. And like some guy was like, Hey, that's not okay, man. And I was like, Jesus. Like at, at I feel the like BC... there were starts of that when we were there. There were definitely some very like conscious and inter you know, like you know, and we we knew a lot of them. There was People still Ask were... Girl though. If I say Ask Girl, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, absolutely. See, we'll no, never forget. this is the other thing is that people don't even know on this podcast. I've talked about Ask Girl. They don't know. You can go to a new country if you meet someone mm-hmm. who even knows someone who went to BC. You say Ask Girl, and everyone's like, "Oh, oh, yeah." Which is honestly, it's a terrible. It's like terrible. That should be on the fear list. Being. Ask girl. Ask girl. So it's like, yes, we definitely like were getting better. We had gay fine by me, which was <laughs> we, we unpacked that one over the weekend. That was fun. So we, yeah, yeah, Boston College, and I think we talked about this a little bit with Cameron Esposito, but Boston College loves to throw a bone to the different as they're in their mind. So we had like Halal, we had the Asian Student Alliance or whatever. And then we also had gay fine by me, which was like um, our LGBTQ plus like olive branch. This was the the campaign to you know just be like, hey, if you're gay, it's fine by me. And, <laughs> so, and they had all these shirts, gay comma fine by me. No, it was gay question mark fine by oh, me. You're right. It's I, so <laughs> cocky. Like it's like as if anyone asked. And by the way, I I sewn I had mine sewn into a quilt so. If forever, like, you know, for my children someday, my children that I won't have, when I tuck them into bed, they'll be tucked in with a nice little gay, fine by me, a memory of their mother's so homophobic I was on the cutting <laughs> a- edge of kind of being okay with something if you decided to ask me. A patronizing gay youth. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was, I think, a Jesuit campaign. I don't think it was just our school. I think like Notre Dame and like other schools, maybe not Notre Dame, they're a little bit more hardcore. I think Georgetown had it. Okay. But there was a couple schools that had gay fine by like, me. We like... That's yeah. We cribbed it from like other schools. <laughs> we didn't even come up with that ourselves. Um, okay. So uh needles. No. Do you fear what's in tap water? No, I don't worry about that. Spending a month or more with your family and only your family. No, my family's pretty lovely. Sunday nights. Yeah. These yeah, increasingly. That you have bad body odor and no one knows how to tell you. No. Commitment. No. Becoming homeless. Yeah, because I'm I'm not cut out for it. Same. I'm too fancy. I also just like it seems too real to me. Like it seems like it could happen, and that's like not true. I've been, I've been closer than I probably admit to myself to it at different times for different reasons. Yeah, it's just like scary. Like it just happens to so many people that I'm like, no one's immune from that. Uh, change. Yeah, we're getting real. 
falling in love with a stripper or a sex worker? No. <laughs> no. Mostly because I, you know, we'll just go with no. Okay. <laughs> Vomiting. No. But I, I will say, you know what? I don't vomit much these days and it's delightful. You don't? Yeah, yeah that's good. It's pretty great. I feel like that is a phase I'm happy to be over. Bugs. Yeah. I hate them. Yeah, that's icky. Like most creepy crawlies I'm fine with. I like bees. Like I hate someone that like freaks around bees in a way that I'm like, come on, you got to be old enough to know that's counterproductive. I don't I don't freak about bees. And it's like eight plus legs. Once you get over, you're yeah, you're allowed to have like yeah. six legs. I think six book. legs is good. Yeah. <laughs> and beyond that, it's excessive and I do not approve. Um, earwigs are really scary. Oh my god. That's the scary. Especially the name because it's like earwig. I do I need yeah. to cover my ears? You are you do. going in there? Because n- nothing is allowed in there. Ooh. Okay. Being fisted. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Unusually good looking people. <laughs> no, bring them on. The dentist. Yeah. So here's the tea. I have an unusually good looking dentist. That's right. You did tell me about this. And that is. And I went in yesterday and he came so close to me that if he was a stranger, I would have freaked out. If he was like any dentist, I would have freaked out. But I'm like, are you going to fucking kiss me? Like, he was like, he was like right here. And I'm pointing like, I don't know, six inches from my cheek. And I'm like, there's no reason you need to get this close to me. In my mind right now, the Dawson's Creek theme song is playing. Yeah. As this happens. But except like, I'm like literally blossom like in that scene because I'm just like, uh, <laughs> like totally still staring forward. Like, please just fuck away. I'm so... You're too good looking. You're also my dentist. Like, you're fired. Um, I did find out, though, that the main dentist there died three Thursdays ago. So um, that makes sense why they've hired so many young, attractive dentists. They hired a cute gay guy, too, and I think I'm going to go to him. Okay. I like him more. Well, shout out to this guy, you know, the family of this guy who died, if they're listening. They definitely are hopefully not and also have tried to be pretty secretive about where I go to the dentist because I'm famous you know so (laughs) no I'm not um (laughs) death no same knowing what your hot dog is actually made of yeah I have uh, yeah I've got a lot of hot dog related things because I I used to work at 7-eleven I did like a a year and a half of that so. so what's really up with those snacks uh, what well, what do you want to know? Okay, so like, and before I get sued by Seven Eleven International, I want to say I can only really vouch for the one store that I worked in, whose name I and it's reveal. all alleged anyway. Who knows if you can be held accountable for what you say, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> legally, that's, mentally, that's whatever is really how I live. My Ryan's life, caretaker so. is here. <laughs> We're fine. <laughs> so, um, what happened at Seven Eleven? <laughs> so I mean those things at least in my experience they just sit there until somebody buys them okay like however 
long that takes. Are they delicious? Uh, delicious is very subjective. Okay. But also the answer is no. Okay. Because I've like really like wanted a hot dog before, but even my desperate hungry brain has always been like, don't eat at a 7-Eleven, you animal. It's like very open air. You don't right. know what's like flowing, s- you know, sneezed, shaken on that. Mm. And like, I don't know. From working there, when you stand there watching things like rotating in their own grease for like eight hours, it's it becomes really hard to eat them after that. Tell me about the scratchers, the the addicts, the people that come in and I scratch. I had no idea this was a thing until I worked there. But there were really? like that there were people who would like post up, like that would be there for like the entirety of one of my shifts. So like what's the most you've ever seen someone like spend in a day? Um it's tough to keep track because like the real hardcores, they they come, they'll they'll come up, they buy like twenty to fifty bucks at a time, mm-hmm. they go off, they take their time scratching, you know. It's like you, you like you buy a soda that you drink over the course of the day. Right, and right, they're right. like so and, I find and then you lose so track of how many just... times they come back up. Right, right, but right. that could be 10, 20 times. There were, I remember one, there was like a couple that they would come and it was like their date night. You yeah. know, like it was the two of them. And they'd get a couple snacks and they'd go back and forth with the scratches. Like he'd buy them, she'd cash them in. It a lot of free tickets, right? That's cute the big and sad one. And, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. It, it this is, is America, lot. too, you know? They called them um, Kino assholes. That's what my friend's uh, mom called <laughs> them back in Massachusetts because they would always take up the parking lot, you know, those like little. Same in Massachusetts, same everywhere. Like the little 7-Eleven or whatever would only have three spots in front. And mm-hmm. like two would just be there for hours. And Somebody she would, who was posted up. They're Kino assholes. They are there to post up and play Kino, which is like the darkest of them all because it's to me is so easily hacked. Okay. It's like a computer game where you just watch the numbers pop up. Yes, I think I'm... I kind of have an image in my head of what it is. It's a little bit like bingo, but it's just like, yo, that's it's a video. <laughs> yeah. That's the easiest It's kind of like idea. the slot machine syndrome. You picture like the, you know, little old lady sitting there just dropping nickels in. Although I will tell you, I think I hacked the Titanic penny slots at um, Oh dope. I won four hundred dollars and then um four hundred and eighty dollars and then I went back and lost it the next morning. Okay. Because I'm glad you on penny slots. You know, I, I was about to say something that you're not supposed to say to somebody, which is like, I feel like you're a good gambler, Malt. I feel like your stories are oh, usually that no. you. But that's just because nobody tells the losing stories. No, yeah, no, that's true. I do like a, I do like a little action though. I like a little like going down <laughs> to the casino. Like when I went through, okay, highest compliment of my life. I went to see Britney Spears at her last show in Vegas. Uh, uh, Jaden James and Sean Preston were in the front row with Mama Lynn Spears. I was in the pit. Um, we had spent hours driving out there. American royalty. I'm wearing a like a fur jacket and this like gold and um, black tiger print jumper. I have my hair all big. I have hoops on. I'm wearing glasses inside. And this this man walks up to me and he goes, I'm sorry, but baby, you define Vegas. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) oh, my God. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, Moss. 
This is warming my heart. I was right now. literally like, thank you so much. And then um, me and my friend who does porn now um, went, followed some couple back from the Aria Casino um, and played with brass knuckles and tasers um, while they did Coke until 5 30 in the morning. Um, and that was New Year's Eve 2018, baby. Woo. Yeah. Could have got murdered. Like literally when you realize that you're you're following a couple back and they show you the safe full of weapons in their home, you really got to be like, wow, I'm too dumb for them to kill me. Like they probably <laughs> are like these innocent morons followed us back here. We couldn't bring it in. <laughs> like that would kill us. Yeah, but you them. were looking fabulous. So I nobody's going to mess with that. There's that. It is nice when, an, when a couple in an open relationship... <laughs> wrestles you outside the aria and brings you upstairs okay so uh dentist blah 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 blah. uh crying in public no being with a woman who is crying in public in a personal uh, oh sorry in a personal setting yeah because because everyone's gonna think it's your fault yeah right and it might be right you know, right. I, I can be kind of a dick sometimes. Let's be real. Right. Like the best in LA, God, people are probably so tired of my anecdotes, which is like just people at brunch every Sunday. Like there's always a couple at brunch, like having a fucking breakdown. Like p- things got too crazy the night before. Like yeah. they barely dragged themselves to breakfast. They're yeah, going they're through the motions. They're still kind of half in the bag. Yeah. And yeah, this should have ended hours ago. Yeah. yeah. Something happened the night before that they just can't move past. Let me say, I mean, tremendous fear to be in that couple. Greatest joy to not be them and be oh, outside watching. Heaven. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What a treat. Yeah. I've seen like a couple or I've overheard a couple behind me, like the girlfriend over the course of maybe 30 minutes, slowly admitting that she cheated on her boyfriend. But like her denials up until then were so bad. And we okay. were just like waiting for the ball to drop. Million dollar tech idea to all listeners who develop apps and whatnot Mm -hmm. i need at least 10 percent of this (laughs) but something where you can flag at my location right now this is a couple is breaking up and you know drop a pin in it and everyone has access to this and you can just look around the city and you can go cruise that shit wow i'm like i'm dreaming on names right now I know yeah. the word ways is somewhere in there, somewhere like it's a ways pun. Like it needs to be like. Part, parting ways. Parting ways. Oh, my God. There you go. I love Fucking, you so much. Yeah. And that's another 10% right there. That's in the That's company. why I married yeah, that. Mark Cuban. Yep. Come on. That's why I married that. <laughs> See, I'm kind of a dick. Um, okay. Being arrested for a murder you didn't commit. Oh, hell yeah um yeah i've seen enough movies that's my worst one yeah because can you imagine like just really any crime i didn't commit but obviously murder because penalties that's where you just sit there though like what the fuck that's like like speaking a language that no one else where you are speaks and like you just have to find one other person that speaks that it combines like punishment with that feeling of being trapped yeah and that suffocating feeling anything being trapped is just terrible it's just like having it's like knowing your life is over like you just and like feeling like there's nothing you can oof this is helpless yeah uh heights no the idea that your worst enemy might be correct and you are in fact terrible oh yeah top of the list yeah and so many enemies so like really 
so many enemies. Oh. Um, I love the idea of like adults with enemies and nemesises, nemesi. I'm like no one cares about you that much like (laughs) you know what I mean like at a certain point it's their fault like it's your problem come on move on now um all right that was oh last one birds oh I mean I I need to draw a line between feared and like skeeved you know (laughs) Yeah. There's something about birds. It's just a little bit like, right. I don't know. You're like the lounge singers of the animal kingdom. Yes. Like, you know, there's something just like, I see this whole thing you're doing and like, maybe just keep it over there. But like when people are afraid of birds, like, you know, when you see them, like my friend couldn't oh, yeah. drive past a highway medium with seagulls on it. Like, like the median, like yeah. if it had birds, she'd be like, oh my God, like fucking keep going guys. And <laughs> seagulls on the other side of the yeah. door. Like, but yeah, that's okay. a real Sorry, fair. Girl, we'll get out of here. You also know the, the people who love birds when you see them. Yeah. That's I true. had a middle school gym teacher who, uh, fun, fun fact. She was also my mother's middle school gym teacher. Oh, so it's a long one. So like, yeah, she was like preserved in time. Was she 98 when she was your gym teacher? I think she was 118. Okay. (laughs) But didn't look a day over 78. Killing it. Um, And apparently, you know, looked exactly the same from when my mother had her in middle school as when I did. And she used to, to tell us that her dream on retirement, which presumably she would do it. 200 or so uh was to open a wild birds store an exotic wild bird store with her sister they you know they lived together that kind of so there was a lot of pain in that house there was i mean (laughs) i feel like i just gave you a lot to unpack there let's all i mean really in a sentence tell me more stories like you can't you can't tell me more sentence stories in a sentence that's wow that's a lot and you know what will be great is that when she teaches you guys as kids parachute game i mean I'm, we're not gonna have kids but well, like, right same they'll go to school with my the kids idea. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah my kids quote unquote that i talk about um parachute games you play that going to the parachute oh the like well this was i feel like that's like jimboree right? right i mean it's not middle a game. school was oh no we did that up until like fifth Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we did like a little bit of like double dare shit though in sixth grade. That was like the tight week where we did some double dare shit. I think the main thing I remember from middle school gym was a game that they called Nerf Attack. Oh, yeah. Which was dodgeball. Right. But it was like the start of I the like Nerf woke era of like helicopter parents <laughs> and like dodgeball. I think it was literally illegal at yeah. like the state level like you can't do this well so that's we why the movie dodgeball was so powerful was because it's like this is an outlaw sport dodgeball's yeah. fucking rough like you just get your head ripped off in that wild west bitch but that's... nerf attack i did not realize was universal i thought that you... was like i didn't either yeah I really did you guys have giant blueberry no, we didn't even have regular blueberry. <laughs> it was just a ball, a blue ball that my gym teacher would push around and scream, we'll giant blueberry. But I didn't know. <laughs> I feel like. But I don't know. It was cardio. I think it was good cardio. But I didn't. And, and no disrespect to anybody because, you know, but I feel like gym teacher is so, it's such an opportunity to just be somebody who makes shit up. Yeah. With like, like here, they 
where the school just gives you some closet full of stuff and is like, here. Find out a new way to make them move their muscles with the styrofoam. Yeah. We played a game in a high school gym mm-hmm. called Pillow Polo. Okay. <laughs> that was, so they had, and again, I feel like they got this at some like off brand. Right. Like fell off the back of the truck sale. Here's a case of these. It was like half of one of those American Gladiator okay. sticks. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like a like a foam Q-tip. Okay. So we had those <laughs> and then a ball on the ground and it was running around like po- like trying to knock it into a, a, like a small ball into a small net, like hockey net. That sounds fun. Yeah, it was pretty fun. That's and obviously you're going like, to whack people with the stick thing too, <laughs> right. but you know. I think those are the kids that excelled at like when their mom was like, go do something in the yard and they'd come out with a full game. That's who the gym teachers wound out to be. It was like the kids that were good in the yard. Yeah. You know? Um, want to pee and then come back and answer some questions? Let's do it. Okay. okay. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan, for playing Do You Fear That? Guys, did you miss that? We'll keep doing it, I guess. All right. We'll be right back. You don't know that. Hi, Malden, Christina, and Wags and guests. Uh, my name's Leslie. I sent you guys a voicemail via email, I think, twice. But um, apparently I didn't make it on your podcast, but my story's worth, my story is worth sharing. So here it goes. I have an ex. We dated in high school. Um, I was 15. He was, what's 15 plus three? 18. And we dated for two years. Um, I'm a hopeless romanticist. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is the love of my life. And I, now that I'm older, I realize I, that's probably how every girl feels. Um, anyways. I didn't want to start dating him because he'd be my first boyfriend and I wanted to be very picky about my first boyfriend. So I was like, oh my gosh, tell me everything about you. And I wanted to know all his secrets. Uh, apparently, uh, well, to my understanding, I believe that he had told me everything. So fast forward and we started dating. Then a year into our relationship, uh, things started getting weird. I find out that his cousin, who's a year older than me and a year younger than him, have they were having sex four years, an incestual relationship, um, and I didn't find out about it until, like, after a year into our relationship. That that pretty much fucked me up. Um, we ended up breaking up when I was, like, well, obviously, after the second year, and then um, fast forward to today, he has a girlfriend that's younger than me, uh, so she's 18, and... She doesn't know about what he did, and I see them on social media, and I have this, like, urge to tell her and kind of ruin him, because I forgive him, but I still kind of hate him, um, which is probably an oxymoron. But, yeah, and I hope I make your show. Thank you. Bye. Wow, guys. It's our second incest call in the history of the show. This is... Um, it's such an honor to uh, be part of it. I'm like thrilled. I just randomly picked on that out of a list. First of all, you know, you're going to have to take that up with Christina. I don't know why your first two emailed voice notes didn't get on. Make sure you're emailing askpleaseadvise at gmail.com. But uh, points for persistence and uh, thank you. And you're right. Your story did need to be heard uh, for sure. Um, so just to recap for everyone in our audience, she was dating a guy when she was 15. He was 18. She didn't really like settle down with him too much because she wanted to be picky about who her first boyfriend was. But then she finds out that this guy that she likes, he's been having an incestual sexual relationship with his older male cousin for three years, I believe she said. 
Um, and so she's over it now. She's moved on. But she noticed that the guy that the potential candidate for first boyfriend, he's now dating a new girl who's younger than she is. And the girl doesn't know anything about his incestual past with his cousin. And she wonders if she should tell her partially because she wants to ruin his life, but partially because which she points feels, for the self-awareness. I honestly like tea. I appreciate that <laughs> about you. But um also because she feels like this girl has a right to know. Um first of all, wow. Um I'm psyched. Um yeah. <laughs> like, this, this is <laughs> wow. This I'm is I'm watching you get keyed up. This just is just like two a weeks kid on ago Christmas. we got a call from someone telling me that I'm too negative about math. And now we have someone calling Fuck, to say, okay, Wags wants his dinosaur. Go get it, buddy. Um, but I wanna say that wow. Ryan, I feel like we need to break this down into pieces mm-hmm. and kind of go through for like maybe chronologically, like let's start at the beginning and kind of. Okay. I think that we should start with the boyfriend candidate uh, who was 18 when they started dating and he was hooking up with his older cousin for three years, which means that he was underage when he started to sleep with his older cousin, which probably means that he was statutory raped. Uh, if I'm if I'm doing my if, math correctly, yeah, if we're reading this correctly. So, okay. um, not great. While there could have been an element of you know maybe that's not the case, maybe they were both of age. Um, I don't think it's your journey to. Out him, especially if it is potentially incestual. I just don't think like there's a lot going on there where this may have never been a consensual relationship to begin with. There could have been family power dynamics. There could be a lot of stuff going on there underneath. And I can see that as being part of maybe her thinking is that I feel like I need to make this new partner aware of this because this guy is coming with a lot of Baggage. messed up stuff yeah. in his past. That might influence, you know, his today and and how he acts in a relationship. But at the same time, how do we know the new girlfriend doesn't know? She could know all about it. And like, I'm sure that they wouldn't be like, hey, just came back from the barbecue with my cousin's cousin who incested him. Like, you know, they're not going to like put that on Facebook. Like she this could be a very private thing that they don't talk about. I feel like it's also tough because, okay, let's give this guy the benefit of the doubt that i mean this was possibly something that was done to him to some degree uh in any event he's got this craziness in his past and and doesn't he have some right to some degree to kind of be able to unpack that in a time and place that is comfortable to him with a potential future partner it's obviously not first date material it's not hey i'm joe nice to meet you let me tell you about my cuz right 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 Right. Who have you dated? Well, right. Yeah. Let me. So, and there's obviously a fine line between, you know, sitting on that for too long and, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, there's also an element of it too where, like, I think that our caller just needs to understand that she was in the middle of a really fucked up situation. And, like, it's cool that that was, like, strange and hurtful to her at the time and like it even makes sense that she's not 100% over it yet but in and the long run she's not the victim of also this story. Also points to her for being 
15 at the time and like having a lot of maturity to say like i'm gonna i want to do my first relationship right i want to you know uh, the stupid shit that i was doing at 15 and chasing girls and you know like not having that level of self-awareness yeah good for her and you know what her fear was confirmed i guess to some degree (laughs) to somebody who said you know what i want to take my time with the first relationship right good on you i think i got a little bit of a i got a little bit of a i could get a better offer vibe though from her too which is less like less like oh i really want to make sure the first one's the right one and more like i want to make sure that like i like you said, you got to kick it off with a nice quote. You can't let people know how low you'll go. You have to let them think you'll start higher, you know? Yeah. It sounds like she might've been saying, I want to make sure that, you know, my, my first guy is, is candles and treating me nice and not. And then she, and then I find out he's blowing his cousin or whatever. Right. But by the way, um, okay. Wags is being horny for something. Hold on. I think our, our message to our caller ultimately is that, you have every right to feel the way you do about this whole fucked up situation. And yes. it's dishy and petty. Like there's I'm as terrible as it is. Like I will admit there's a huge level of dish here. Like this is something that you will probably tell your friends drunk for years. This is probably something that like, you yeah, know, you've you got and your husband will laugh about, you know, yeah. but at the same time, like this is not, this is not something the the fallout that could happen from you just like poking a hole in this from pulling that thread is crazy. Like, yeah. And let it, him have his lame girlfriend and, and be better than that. I mean, like if, if you're honestly saying, and this advice could go to anybody, if you're honestly saying to yourself, I want to do this just to kind of screw up somebody else's life, like maybe don't. Right. Yeah, I I understand that youthful impulse, by the way. Like that it's like when you're younger, it's like, yeah, what can I do to fuck with someone today? <laughs> like, especially if you've got any leftover hurt or whatever. And here's an alternate suggestion. Maybe there's something short of blowing up his whole romantic situation. You could maybe convince everyone that he knows that his favorite song is Heaven by Los <laughs> Lonely, Lonely Boys. Lonely Boys. And then you you stuck it to him, but in good fun. Can you imagine if that's like why I had been doing this to Kevin all these years? <laughs> um, but yeah, no. On I... a very special, please advise. <laughs> <laughs> um I I will say, though, like, I get it. Like, I get it. When you have some real juice on someone and you want to, like, you know, fucking throw down. I've been there. I've been petty. I am like, I don't want to invalidate our caller. No. Like, I've been a petty piece of shit so many times in my life and it feels so good in the moment. But then, like, wait five years and you'll be like, oh, my God, I was a monster. Like, I'm so lucky that the people in that situation didn't. And I respect that instinct to be like, you know what, I was hurt by this person in this situation and I see somebody else there and I don't want them to feel the. And I feel like that's a very current conversation right now as we talk about Me Too and all this. Like this is something that's on everybody's mind right now. Yeah. But But also needs to be done delicately. And here's the thing. Like let's not act like, I mean, appreciation to our caller, much love. But like I think your feelings about protecting the girlfriend – are much smaller than everything else. Like if this is about really like protecting the girlfriend because she's younger than you. Also, again, like, you know, the answers to these questions. Was he younger than his cousin? Was he underage? Like, 
you know, you're not protecting this girl from like getting an STD that isn't disclosed or, you know, he's an abusive person like this guy. Does this manifest in abusive behavior by him? Because then that's different than worst case. He's by without resources. And then like, you know what I mean? Like maybe he just is experimenting and the only person to do that with was his cousin i, I really like that term by the way buy without resources <laughs> that's buy without resources is the name of our new think tank but like and like a hot new t-shirt <laughs> seen on sunset yeah you know buy without resources <laughs> christina that's the name of this episode but <laughs> i don't know like i think also that- Ten percent of all sales. We're racking up ideas today. Ten percent of all sales will go to um, starting our other company, our website where you can watch couples fight. All right. Anyway, um, we're going to take another call. Thanks for calling with that second incest call in the history of our show. Um, And thanks for coming with something that doesn't make me feel fucking terrible and like a bad person for requesting incest calls. Um, All right. Let's (laughs) let's take another phone call. Hey, Malls, Christina, Wags, and guests. I was just listening to the episode where you talked about the Helen and Wag incident and how you were screaming and your neighbors heard you and didn't do anything. That happened to me. This horrible dog broke out of its house and attacked my 12-pound shit zoo and, like, shook it by the neck. I thought he was dead. I was screaming, bloody murder. And this was outside in front of a row of townhouses. And later... One of my neighbors was like, oh, yeah, I heard you screaming, but I thought it might have been a domestic dispute. What? So that's reason to not interfere or not call the police? People are horrible. I've since moved, and I hopefully my neighbors would be a little bit more proactive, but still freaked out about a dog, you know, a dog attacking my small dog. And when I walk in, and off-leash dogs freak me out. So, girl, I feel you. Um, have a great day. Love the pod. Bye. Okay. So that was obviously less of a question and more of a comment on a recent conversation we've had. But I do feel like we could actually, this could be interesting for us to unpack because you are the owner of a small dog, Wags. Yes. You bit your wife already. Yeah. And me a bunch of times, but it's all good. (laughs) He's just kind of a gummy, gummy Joe. Yeah. Um, I, my wife and I are the owners of a large dog mm-hmm. who has been in uh, more than one incident in our neighborhood involving small dogs that, yeah. So. Do they, they're fine, though. Um, one is not. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I feel like we have insight onto both sides of this right here. Right. It's something that's going to get pretty real. And I mean, for I think the main reason why this whole thing came up is because I my previous neighbors um, were not were very hands off in a way that I mean, like when I was watching Wags get attacked, I was screaming, "Call nine one one!" Yeah, and they came over later and were like, "Hey, like we heard you," and it was like this is like actually worse now because I know that if I'm getting murdered, you're not gonna help me like when someone says call 911 that's what you're supposed that's to true. do that's true they didn't know it was about the dog at that point or either way if anything if someone says like you know if someone people are screaming and i know that this is tough because i've been coming across this actually a lot on reddit which you guys know 
uh, Please Advise Nation is my new favorite website where I go for all my information and human interaction. And um, a lot of people have been like, you know, posting things like, am I the asshole because I called the neighbor or the police on my new neighbors? Like someone parked their car in their driveway and they thought like, you know, there was some sort of intruder, maybe something was going on. So they called the cops. And um, I, I have to say that like the more I read this stuff, the more I realize that, you know, we are all rightfully afraid of calling the police. Like who wants to bring the police into something when it could go 50-50. I can appreciate that. I th- First and foremost, if somebody yells call 911, the incorrect answer is, are you sure? Like, no, just go do that. Right. Like, trust that they didn't say those words unless they meant it. And you know what? If it was... Them practicing if for If it was play? them overreacting, <laughs> yeah. then that's on them. You call and say, she asked for it, I delivered. Yeah. So I, um, I will say that like, I don't get that. And I will say that it, while it can be a very blurred line and I think you always have to use like your judgment or whatever, um, in general, I think calling the police is okay. Um, if you think the situation lends to it, if you hear someone screaming, call the police, like it's just probably a better idea than not, you know, um, usually people who have things to hide don't scream. But bringing so, it back to the the dog aspect of it. So again, to like for me to unpack a little bit of of, of my story, like <clears throat> the bottom line is whether you are the owner of the big dog or the small dog, leash laws not a suggestion. Right. Like that is there for a reason. Like not all dogs get along with other dogs. Right. We own a large like if he's being if we're if we're doing our job 80 pounds ish dog okay. you know sometimes he's a little chunkier he right now look that big not to pictures. body shame my dog on a podcast <laughs> okay we do that but uh <clears throat> yeah both times it happened little dog running around without a leash owner opens the door let you know oh my dog's good he knows what to do but we have a large you know 80 ish pound rescue dog who's been through some shit our dog before we got him was shot. Yeah. And he came to us with a broken leg. He still has s- scattered throughout his body like birdshot pellets. He's full of these BBs. If you see an x-ray, he's all lit up like so like he's been through some shit and he's a little psychologically damaged because of it. And so we give a him little a little fluffy something comes at him. Yeah, he's got a little chip on his shoulder about little dogs and, you know. Yeah. That's his place i think hopefully him and his therapist will get there eventually to understand exactly (laughs) what it is but in the meantime i mean so basically like there's been a couple times where he got at it with a little dog that came running up to him off a leash in our neighborhood and uh i i will tell you that it's also terrifying being on that side of it too i can't imagine to be like oh my god and i i don't know how to stop my dog who i love more than anything and is doing something i don't want him to right now right it's just generally terrifying and so emotional and terrible and like all could be avoided if people like be hands-on with your dogs right like would you you know if it was a kid would you just eh, just go out and run around and it'll all be good it's not the 80s honey not for dogs, not for kids. Yeah. It's not the 80s. That's I feel the same way whenever I look at my next door app and like 90% of them are lost dogs. I'm like, well, you just don't let dogs out. How about that? Like, just don't let them out on their own. It's not, we don't live in that time anymore. You can't let, let them run around the neighborhood. Like, you have to be on top of that. 
So what came of the situations where that happened? Like, obviously your dog was on leash. Their dogs were not on leash. Are you not found at fault when that happens? Uh, yeah, we were in, in one of the incidents, literally like was home one day, knock on the door and the police came to our house looking for my dog, which is just, that was a fun anecdote to share at a meeting one time. (laughs) Like, so the dog's, the dog's wanted by the police right now. Um, but yeah, like a detective called, they investigated the situation and everything. And yeah, we were found not to be at fault. We were on leash. They were off leash. Even, I mean, in the worst incident, it, it occurred like with a neighbor like two doors down from our house that we know and see all the time. Who also happens to be the mayor of our town. Oh God! And uh, and even in that, with all that, the police were very professional, and they were, you know, they were like, "Look, this is terrible. It happened, but it wasn't your fault." And and you know, even the family uh, that on the other dog was like, ultimately said, "We don't hold it against you guys." Like, a, you know. That it's was terrible the tough and it's part sad. Wags too is that like you know I was fostering Helen like so Helen was my responsibility. I will also say that Wags is an antagonistic little guy, and like unfortunately sometimes these little dogs have a habit of like ins- asserting their dominance where their dominance is not welcome nor relevant. Like <laughs> <laughs> it is just it's like buddy, sorry, like you're not gonna win against a animal that has jaws of steel and i was i was sharing with my wife on the way over here remembering back when i came out to visit you my senior year of college Mm -hmm. when you were fairly new to la and k-town baby yeah in koreatown and you you were working while i was there so i I took wags for a couple walks and just how it was my first experience with a small dog like that and how he just picks a fight with every dog that goes by especially the big ones he hates white dogs he hates like little fluffy white dogs too and that was like very they were everywhere in koreatown and i think like he they just trigger him yeah he but he likes to square up he really thinks he has something you know and <laughs> as i look at him <laughs> as he fucking death stares your lovely wife in the eye <laughs> Yeah. Um, did you see the vase, by the way, behind you? Katie yeah. Kimmel made her. It's like it's it's Wags's post attack face. Like one side is a little flatter. Like when I first got it, I was like, oh, he's just like the same things, quirky, like things that Katie makes. And then I realized like, oh, like they're not just quirky. That's like literally my dog's face. Is there anything more distinguished in a dog than an asymmetrical face? No, I mean, I guess not. My baby was really handsome though before all this happened he still is please gorgeous man um thank you for calling call 911 ryan thanks for being vulnerable and sharing that yeah that just kind of came pouring out because i think that like there's probably everyone's been on either side of it and my mom's dog uh cam is a, a known a known bitey bitey and he just, you know, he's a rat terrier. And so if he catches, you know, a bicycle wheel the wrong way, like he's going to go after it. And, um, you know, it's been it's been a learning curve. I think it's also like know your dog and your dog's limits and like take care. I mean, since these incidents have happened, like now when we go for walks, our, our dog wears a muzzle. That yeah. was like, you know, six months of training to get to that point yeah. and during which he, he only went in the backyard like until we and then so now he wears the muzzle because we know that we might run into other dogs on a walk and you know th- that if they get close we want to so that's us kind of saying 
we know our guy and we need to set him up for success in every way possible. That's right. That's right. And you know what? Good for you for knowing that, man. I think that like some people just give up when that happens. They're like, oh, I didn't sign up for this. But when you sign up for a rescue dog, you're signing up for their whole history. Who knows, you know, what that could be. Amen. And you you know what? It's not like we're without our damages. Like, yeah. I want, you know, somebody to take me as I am. Like, yeah, same for my dog, man. Whereas I'd be fine just being put down. Um, but, <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to read um, a letter to you. Um, <clears throat> okay. It says... Hi, Malls, Christina, Wags, and guest. Sorry this is so goddamn long. I'm in my early 40s. Five years ago, I moved to the other side of the world with my partner and daughter. Two years ago, my partner and I split up. We have 50-50 custody of our daughter and are happily co-parenting in a country that I love that has become my home. My question, though, is actually about my female friends. My best friends back home are the loves of my life. Developing strong bonds with other females when I moved here was a top priority. I joined a mom's group on Meetup and gelled with a handful of women and then grew closer to uh, two of them. Friend A has been with her husband since they were 19. Friend B was going through a divorce when I met her and has since partnered up again with another great guy. She was my ride or die during my separation as well. Um, oh, sorry. She was my ride or die during my separation as well during a toxic relationship I was in for a year that recently ended. A few weeks ago, three of us went out for a friend A's birthday and a couple bottles of wine and a weird conversation happened. Ooh, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is like, ah. <laughs> do you see why I do this? Like knowing everything you know about me, like this. <laughs> it's too perfect. It's so perfect. I'm like, Ooh, whose business? Okay. So first friend A revealed some incredibly personal information that had been told to her in confidence by a pregnant mutual acquaintance that she began, that she is being physically abused in the process of separating from her husband there's okay. so many characters in the story i'm trying i'm keeping track though so friend a she has recruit uh, she's revealed this incredibly personal information that has been told to her okay the pregnant friend is being physically abused by her husband let's keep that straight okay. so friend a married to her husband since 19 knows this the tea Preggy. about this pregnant yeah. lady who's being abused okay i'm no stranger to gossip but this was over the line I very recently told friend A an incredibly personal detail about me that I would not have told her if I realized she spoke so freely. The next day I texted her to confirm that she would never tell anyone my secret and she confirmed. I still feel incredibly vulnerable, like I've left the back gate open and I don't know where the dog is. Ooh, that metaphor. My trust in this friend is shook. Secondly, friend A told me that a different acquaintance of ours rarely joins us for group outings because her husband hates me and has some control over who she is allowed to socialize with. I've met him about three or four times and probably spoke to him for about two minutes total. She won't tell friend A why he hates me. My only guess is that when I first met him, I was in the process of separating from my partner. And now that I understand he is controlling, perhaps he doesn't want the little lady getting any fresh ideas about freedom. Woof. Yikes. Yeah, this is... My ex and my daughter were with me at the picnic when I met him, so I would not have said anything inappropriate. She is also not allowed to go away overnight because her husband doesn't babysit, which is all you really need to know about this guy. Yeah, I covered. I'm like so honored he wrote to us about this. (laughs) I'm glowing. Um, They've been together for almost 20 years since she was 18 and he was 25. Blank stare. I don't think this is the case of her actually. <laughs> oh, 
this she, is our girl. Girl can write too. <laughs> this yeah, is our girl. she's yeah. <laughs> so I don't think this is a case of her actually not liking me and using her husband as a scapegoat, as well as we really get along well when I do see her and we have a lot in common. Honestly, I don't. Uh, sh- I don't give a shit what he thinks about me, but I was really upset to learn about their marriage dynamic and I had a bathroom cry at the restaurant. I guess my questions are, how do I proceed with friend A, who I now don't trust, and do I bother pursuing a friendship with the controlled wife? I haven't seen her since, but it's going to be weird when I do. I realize that I need to make an effort to find some single women to socialize with. My best friends are back home and we... And we're slash are single, but my friends here are all coupled and it's a totally different dynamic. And they look at me like an alien when I try to say that I probably won't live with a man again. And I'm honestly tired of hearing women complain about men that they haven't broken up with yet. Would love to hear your thoughts. Oh my God. Thank Once you again, this is so th- there's so much. much here. Please advise Nation delivers, baby. I don't know what to yeah. tell you. When I say I feel like you cherry picked such good ones for me, but and no, honestly, like, and I, I'm just lucky. I am. I am. Definitely, I feel like I need to go buy some scratch tickets after this. I, me too. <laughs> but um, I'm actually like not opposed to that. But um, I'm kind of into gambling now. Um, but I, uh, I, I have to say that like we really always say we cannot do this show without you, and by that I mean literally what would we talk about 323-450-7408 or ask please advice at gmail.com if you want to be our next superstar writing a letter now ryan and what ask, do you think ask about- to make this up and we couldn't do it <laughs> half this good we couldn't first of all before we get into it what happened to friend b okay so I because th- this whole thing opened up with friend a and friend b and then i feel like friend b was never mentioned again Okay. As we picked up other friends without letters. Right. Okay. So I think friend B is probably slightly friends with friend A. And like maybe it's just like, oh, I'm really close to friend A. I like friend B too. But then friend A told me all this stuff and it's alienating me from both friend A, all of the friends in friend A's life, and then friend B as well. Right. But I feel like friend B might have some, there might be some common ground there because she's talking about this whole dynamic of coupled up friends and yeah. You know, not having an ally who's... Well, friend B is recently recoupled. Oh, that's right. With a jerk. You really... Right? Uh, friend B is going through a divorce when I met her and soon partnered again with a great guy. She was oh, my ride okay. or die during my separation. So, I mean, friend she B would, is yeah. probably some good common ground. Like, she might know about friend A's antics. Yes. Because, like, here's the thing. I think more than just her talking to you about the pregnant thing is, like, there's more in your gut than that. Because technically, like, if a friend told me about another friend I didn't know about something she was going through and sort of was, like, looking for advice, that would – I wouldn't be like, yo, don't tell my shit to anyone. I would just assume that maybe they would anonymously tell ask someone else for advice about me at worst, right? Um, but and, I, like, and I do think that there's a difference between, like, oh, here's the gas on oh, Jenny yeah. and, like, sharing a story – about somebody who isn't there without using their name is sort of like, I know a person who went through this. Yeah. Like, are you, and also it sounds like, it sounds like friend A might've been delighting in this a little bit, which is, do you know what I mean? Right. That's the other guideline. Yeah. If you, if it's fun for you, you're probably not doing it for the right reasons. Right. Um, So there's that. I think that that's a good distinguishing thing you've done. And then in terms of like the guy thing, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I would have come to the same conclusion if like my friend was dating a fucking dipshit and I was having a casual conversation about how I was moving on from my life 
I'm angry at this guy, like, first, just in general. Like, really, so many things that rub me the wrong way. Yeah. She called it out, though, in a really nice way, like, which is the truth, is that he probably doesn't want her getting any crazy ideas that, like, life could be better when you're not being controlled. People who are usually that controlling feel that they have to be controlling because they know that they suck. Yeah. 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 So what do we do to get this girl some friends? Yeah. Because she, she even mentioned meetup. Yeah. I think it, towards the beginning. Which, yeah, she had met them through a meetup. I mean, well, first of all, I will... That's s- usually like a go-to suggestion. Yeah. Not I, that I ever take it myself, but you know. Well, so that's another... Well, I'll, I'll mention something about that in a moment. But like, I will say that no matter what, I would consider friend B like more or less scorched earth as well. Just for the me- meantime, because if you go to friend B behind friend A's back in any capacity like or while you're trying to phase out friend A like that's kind of like creating a little nest of bullshit you don't want to be in it's then you're playing games while complaining about being part of a group that plays games exactly exactly so it's kind of like you might need to just like freeze that out for a little bit if friend B reaches out friend B reaches out Friend A continues to reach out. I mean, I think that you can be very clear that you're kind of phasing her out. Now, I don't know how dangerous what it is you told her was, um, but I think that one, you probably learned a lesson moving forward about like, you know, what makes you trust someone, but to, um, you know, really measure and weigh like what that will actually do to your life if she repeats that. And I think that that's a good point too, that whenever like somebody has access to information about you you don't like to err away from being confrontational with this person and like you said phase it out just kind of try to yeah you're not reaching out you see if she's there just kind of try and fade away yeah yeah and i think that like honestly the way that i like to leave it a lot of times is that I can't answer whether or not someone's my friend and they can't answer or not whether they're mine. That's the place I like to keep it (laughs) where it's like, oh, yeah, I think Molly and I are cool. Like, yeah, we are cool. Like, we're not going to hang out all the time, but we're cool. Like, that's the right answer. Like, there's no it's not malicious. Like, you're realizing that this person is not who you thought she was. She's probably not even a bad person. She's probably just someone who's, like, caught up in a lot of shit and probably bored. She's been with someone for a very, very long time. Typically, when, like, your life is stagnant, which I would guess it would be after 20 years of doing the same thing, doing the same person, like, yeah, like, don't, like, she's a non-issue. In terms of finding new friends, like, you know, Christina and I have been talking about like putting our money where our mouth is on a lot of this stuff. Like we realize we give out the same advice, like go to meetups, which mm-hmm. like you're the first person to be like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Well, I feel like I cannot give that advice anymore unless I do that. Like I feel like I'm getting to the point where I have to join Bumble BFF. If I want to be a woman of my word, I have to go do that. This is very interesting because I was thinking about it before I came on as like, Real talk, like everybody, I love to give other people advice that I wouldn't take myself necessarily. Christina and I are going to do a full day of meal prep. Mm -hmm. I'm going to eat those meals for a fucking week. We're going to do all the things that we tell other people to do. And like, it doesn't mean we've never done them. It just means we haven't put them in practice in a long time. It's true. And it is harder to, to, you know, to actually step in and, and put yourself out there like that. 
Yeah. I've definitely given that meetup advice to people all the time and then said to myself, like, I don't have as many quality friendships and relationships as I wish I did right now. But, you know, I will say that, like, what quality of relationship, it what it is, is it looks very different for a lot of people. Like, a lot of my friends have said many, many times, I know that you, you're living this, don't even live in California. Some of them don't even live in the United States. Like, a lot of my friends are people I met through the internet, and we've, like, gone on vacations together or met up in different cities, but, like... Our relationship is largely through like text or through other sort of forms, but I'm very, very fulfilled by them. If you're someone who really needs that like extroverted relationship where you're out doing stuff with your kids, I would recommend going to the places that you would go with your kids, but without the formality and pressure of a meetup. Because I would say that like, you know, you put 50 bodies in a color me mine under the guise of like, we're here to make friends. Like, you're going to wind up with a lot of phone numbers and at least four of them are going to be people that you realistically will never hang out with and talk to. But if you go and there's an organic experience, not only you're getting something done with your kid, but it's someone who didn't come because they're desperate to find a friend, you know? Yeah. And real talk, like adult friendships are hard. Yeah. I feel like this used to be much easier. Yeah. And like, you know, we get older, we get more set in our ways, we get skeptical we have our guards up about different things like nobody said this was easy and i totally respect that and appreciate like somebody who's sort of on the fence about taking the plunge to like put themselves out there like that but don't sign up to sell wularoo like don't sign up to do one of the things that they try to get moms to do to be fabulous and make money and I love that you just laughed about LuLaRoe. We have to talk about that once we leave. Ryan's wife just gave us a little laugh. Love that. Um, But like, don't do any of that shit. They try to get you in with that. Like, just you're smart already. I can tell the way that that your email was written. But I also, I really like something that you said there in there, which is, I feel like the advice is to take it back to like, what are you looking to get out of this? Yeah. Because again, I mean, especially at a certain age, like adult relationships become it's so much more complicated than when we were kids and stuff and people are looking for different things. Like what right. are you, are you looking for like soul sisters that you can bear everything to? Cause there was the mention about trust and, and things in there. Or are you just looking for people that like, you know, you can hang out with without absolutely hating? Yeah. Cause like the, the thing is, is that I would rather have like, you know, 10 good friends that I can text about like any given thing that we're both interested in and be like, they might not be here, but like we're having this. One of my really good friends is a guy I met on Snapchat named Troy who lives in Cleveland. We've met once, um, but I produce his podcast and he's like a very sweet friend of mine and I really love him. And um, I, you know, I just, I will say that like, you know, you can have those connections with people anywhere. That person that you text to laugh about something, the blah, blah, blah. Um, in terms of like, you know, and maybe that is maybe, you know, your your ride or die deepest secrets people are more scattered across the earth They're in Canada. Where and you came for from. the like, let's grab brunch. It's you know, there's some some local chicks that you just don't hate. Right, right, right. That, that you can just have light fun with. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't need to get so deep. And like you have really good instincts. I will say in particular, I've, I'm not a mom. I don't have kids, but I do know that in the mom and kid world from everything I've heard, um, 
that's not wildly uncommon for there to be a mom who's like spilling everyone else's shit. And it's, I'm very glad and it's very, very like important that you caught on to the fact that this is what's going on with that's what's going to be with that mom because it's, it's a mess. There is. There's that uh, Celia from Weeds, like the one that's just like yeah. on the street stirring up shit. Like she exists. So, yeah, that makes me sick to think about that bitch. Write us another email about um, her. Like just fucking tell all of her gut, like spill her guts to us. Like, cause I would love that. Well, yeah, we'll just call her Celia. Um, for all you losers who said I sh- was uh, too late on Bitcoin and Litecoin, I want to let you know uh, Litecoin made it up to $120 this week. I bought it at $24 a unit. Y'all are fools. A little Bitcoin update for y'all. Um, let's do one more quick little something. I think we have, well, we have way more than a full episode, but let's do one more quick little. We're just having fun. Let's run with it. This is a treat. Okay. We don't get to spend much time together. Hey y'all. Um, just calling because I was listening to y'all's last episode and, um, you mentioned that you prank call somebody at a Michael's in San Diego and I'm actually driving like, to Michael's in San Diego right now. So I just thought that was like a moment of synchronicity that y'all would like to hear about. That's all. Have a blessed day. So so once again, not a question. (laughs) But there's plenty to work with. So there's not a question. There's just a woman panting on her way. It sounds like she's jogging to, to, <laughs> to, Michael's, to Michael's in San Diego. If you see Savannah, who handled me, I made a crank call to Michael's um, just for fun. Um, I just called. A, Mall's prankster extraordinaire. I know. Well, I thought I'd try out crank calling. And I did like a, a one, like a scenario where I was like a frazzled mom. And like I, the one thing I needed was a basket. This is a little bottle of lotion that I finally got for my daughter's um, Silence of the Lambs, co- Lambs costume because we're doing the family photo. <laughs> I was wondering if that's where this was going. And, and you just confirmed that, that I just, it wasn't the case. Yeah, yeah. I just okay. got the lotion in from China that's small enough for her little hands. But the basket... I'm fucked on. I'm up Ships Creek on the basket. And my husband, Lauren, is not cooperating at all. Always. My husband's name the is basket. Lauren in this scenario, too. With an O? Yeah. And I also started to do some like man in the yellow hat, like uh, Curious George. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I was like trying to work on laying that out as well. So it was like a Silence of the Lambs Comic Con Curious, Curious George, George hybrid. All of this makes perfect sense. Um, but. Uh, yeah, the call went well. Um, <laughs> Savannah was very sweet and told me that she would help my husband with the baskets when I came in. Lauren with an O. Yeah, well, Lauren with an O. And um, yeah, it was a good. It was good. So I hope that if you saw <laughs> what a what a wrap up to this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thank you for calling us. And by the way, you guys, if you're ever ever heavy breathing into the phone, uh, like, and we laugh at it, like. It's because we need content. Uh. <laughs> I, I, I love that she was just so delighted by this. I think, yeah. again, that's... It is synchronicity. Like, if I was driving to, like, a Sonic and someone was, like, on my favorite podcast, it's like, I randomly called a Sonic. Like, a Sonic is 40 minutes away from here. Okay. So it would feel very kismet to me. So, okay. yeah. Um, listen, 
What's up, girl? Hope you had some good crafts. Call us back with your crafts. 323-450-7408. Just Ryan. to be as excited about anything as this girl is about the fact that she was driving by that Michaels. I think that's a goal for all of us. I actually, like, in a weird way, like, coming back to the fact that I think Heaven by Los Only Boys might be my favorite song. I have been trying to go to a Michaels for the last, like, three weeks right now to like get my knitting on. I've been wanting to do knitting and it's like really starting to occur to me how much my trolls are just me wanting to like manifest my destiny without directly doing so. That's deep. Wow. We're really getting God the heart forbid of it. I have the ch- a child. The projection that would go on. <laughs> like literally Jean Benet who like <laughs> um Jean Benet is quaking right now. Um all right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Ryan Kagi, all of your information, if you want to be found on the internet, I we have, will put yeah. it in you, you want to be found I've got on the information, internet. Yeah. We'll we'll put it in the description of this episode. And um thank you so much for being here. This is like I never thought this would happen. Thank you, Malls, for I having never, me. Like, I never thought about it, though. So, like, I didn't think it wouldn't. I happen. believed in my heart it was possible. I'm it's so just glad. so nice to be here. And we have to do a mini episode for Mother May Sleep a Podcast when you're back home. We'll do okay. a, a mobile episode where we unpack a lifetime movie together. Yes. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. We're going to go, like, connect on a spiritual level. Talk to you guys next week. Shh.